Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Yes, indeed. Final hour of the get right here on this Monday evening in the Metroplex. Reginald Datatula alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. We got Ross Lebensky on the ones and twos. And you, ladies and gentlemen, uh, on this President's Day in mm-hmm. the Metroplex. Thanks for rolling with us. However you're listening, wherever you're listening, thank Thank you for making us a part of your evening. You can always get involved by texting in to the truckwreck.com text line. That number is 877-881-1053. You can also see us on YouTube, Twitch or uh, 105.3 Fan on YouTube or twitch.tv slash Dallas Fan Cam. Um, it's the 10 o'clock hour, so mm-hmm. typically we like to start it off by giving you your headlines on this evening um, in the Metroplex. And we begin with a little bit of we had some day day sports today. Um, a Monday evening, usually on this show in particular, if there's some local sports, we get in the evening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not today, as you know, basketball coming off the All Star break. Your Mavs will get back af- active on Thursday when they welcome in the Phoenix Suns to kind of uh, continue as they they entered All Star break with a six game win streak. So they'll try and continue that win streak. Uh, against uh, the hated Phoenix Suns, and it'll be a little bit of a test of the new-look Mavs as well. That'll be fun. Um, baseball, we'll get that going a little bit, spring training-wise at least, not in regular season games, but we'll get that going on Friday, um, and you'll be able to hear that 8 p.m. here on the fan. But hockey, hockey's still going strong, baby. And the Dallas Stars hosted the Edmonton Oilers for a day game earlier today. Um, no Miro Haskinen. Right. He, you mentioned paternity leave. He on paternity leave as he uh, and his partner had a child just yesterday, if I remember correctly. So that's that. That I wondered if that was going to be a harbinger of not great things because the defense is not necessarily the strongest. Right. And they especially when Miro is not out. When Miro is Miro is a fantastic defenseman. Um, ultimately, it, I don't know if that ended up being the omen or what have it you. It bit him in the ice. <laughs> yeah, I appreciate what you did there. I do not. Oh. I, pre- I do not rather appreciate the fact that the Edmonton Oilers get the win against the Stars. It's a good Edmonton Oilers team, yes, right? That are. that is to be respected and appreciated. But uh, three goals apiece in the second period, and ultimately Edmonton wins in overtime in the shootout. In fact, it sounded like this. Smith. The ex-Bruin closes, and Swayman makes the stop. The puck was in motion, and Swayman striped it off the line, and the Bruins salvage a victory. All right, so I made I made a I made a mistake. That was Boston Bruins game, which oddly enough, same score. Um, and I guess that's why I did not notice so quickly. They played the Boston Bruins, and they played in Boston. I should have noticed when you need some chowder. <laughs> I, li- I, li- I appreciate that you just continue to bring uh, the puns. But, yes, the same score they do lose in a shootout as opposed to overtime, as you heard right there. 
And the Boston Bruins get a win versus your Dallas Stars. The old that's, Stars coach got the victory. That's embarrassing. It, it really happens. is. That's nasty. Yeah, this is what happens when I trust my tablet more than I do my good sense because I watched a good part of that game. I knew it was against the Bruins, and yet, and still, there you go. Let's see if I can if, if I can get back right on the These gear right here as we continue uh, to give you some updates on this evening. Goodness gracious. Um, Don't let it stop you. No, it, it, it's not going to stop me as your Dallas Cowboys. There's a few things that you – or actually, let's, let's start with the Daytona 500 as that was live sports on the day. Daytona 500 gets moved from Sunday when they would normally mm-hmm. run it to Monday because of rain. And Daytona 500, you anticipate there is going to be some crashes in this one. There was very early in. I want to say some something like maybe like it felt like six laps in. If I, remember. I mean, it was just a really big crash that happened early on in stage one of the race. And so you lose a good amount of cars during the course of that or a few cars during the course of that. Then they run a pretty clean race mm-hmm. for a large part of the race until we get down to real racing time late in the third stage. And then we get Joey. we get. The big one. Joey. I mean, we got uh, Joey. a stoppage of what was happening there. Joey Logano um, comes out of the race in that place. Uh, the mm-hmm. big one, rather. Byron, Bla- Byron Blaney, Joey Logano, Brad Keselowski were all in the lead or fighting for the lead, yeah. and then just a big one stops it. And then you also get another uh, caution, I think maybe a few laps before. In fact, it might have been coming into the final lap. Ultimately, Will Byron in the 24 car gets the win at Daytona. And so, you know, real congratulations to that man. Um, obviously, big, big race and a big win for Hendrick Motorsports uh, at Daytona. So there you go. Daytona 500. It was fun. Mm-hmm. It was kind of odd watching Daytona, like, up here at for night. a period of time at as night opposed, as well. As opposed to uh, Sunday. Sunday. Yeah, like, it's, Daytona feels like a, a real almost sleepy Sunday in a way where you're just kind of hanging out, having a good time. Well, I was like, what? I got to go to work after this. Well, you know what? A lot of people got to watch it because it was President's Day. That is true. I hope. Let us know, by, by the way, if you got to spend your President's Day away from you work. know the confines of work and enjoy, especially if you wanted to enjoy the Daytona 500, which I still managed to do, which I'm happy about. Um, some somber news in like Cowboys related things. Mark Lane. Who is yeah, the great writer. A great writer contributed, I uh-huh. know, to blogging the boys. Mm-hmm. I mean, I didn't Some have a lot of interaction lot. with him personally, but his work was mm-hmm. very good of interaction on, online. Unfortunately, this dude he was he, nonstop. He absolutely was. I mean, I've I've seen, and one of the things about it is even if you don't know somebody super well, you can usually tell by the you know the testaments of the folks that do know him well. And I haven't seen a thing that's not even not even tepid. Everything has been glowing. And unfortunately, it comes under the, the, the circumstances of Mark Lane passing yeah, this cancer. weekend. Um, and so, yeah, it's <laughs> I, the thing that people typically say about cancer nearly popped yeah. up. And F yeah, no, that, that's right. Um, that's the new phrase. And so condolences to everybody that knew he him and appreciated his work. He was for a couple years, but man. Yeah. Yeah, appreciation uh, to or in love to his family mm-hmm. um, during this obviously very difficult time. Um, and I just I did want to make sure to say that. Um, David Moore of the Dallas Morning News, as we continue in your headlines, wrote an interesting piece earlier today as, you know, tomorrow we get to like franchise tag uh, available to be used for various teams in the NFL. And your Dallas Cowboys really only have, I think, maybe one player that you would possibly think of using a franchise tag on. It's the gentleman who you used a franchise tag on last year 
when it comes to uh, Tony Pollard. They ain't going to do that again. I, I would highly mm-hmm. doubt it. I don't think anybody would like it. It'd be 12 million If they year. did it again. It was 10 and a half last It'd year. It'd be 11 12, something, yeah. He, they ain't going to do it because, again, it doesn't make any sense because then you're tying up that kind of money on just one running back. Yes, it would It would definitely be a lot to tie up on. So they, You they, have to figure out what you're doing with CeeDee Lamb. You have to figure out what you're doing with Michael Parsons. But I think all indications are they will get their money. And so David Moore lets us know it does not appear that the Cowboys will use the franchise tag on this offseason, which, oddly enough, ends a run of six consecutive years using the tag. Yep, they used it a couple of times on – on Dak, they use it a couple of times on um, – well, they actually use it on Dalton Schultz one year. Use it on Tony Pollard. They use it on, like I said, Dak a couple of years. They use it two times on Tank Lawrence. People forget, forget about that. Yeah. Tagged him twice. I mean, they, they managed to get it done, but it took me use, utilizing the tag. This is a year in which it does not seem like they'll utilize it, and it's funny because this is the year in which – or the offseason, rather, where they talked about going all in. Now, of course, I don't think it's, I don't think it's prudent. To use the franchise tag, yeah, I don't no want, reason to use it if yeah. you don't have to put use it on anybody for the contract negotiations right. going like that. The other thing that's going to help them out this year if they're all in, we're going to find out if they use up all that money because the cap is supposed to be going up way higher than the experts thought. Uh, as you know, Cowboys uh, did that. I mean, not Cowboys. The NFL did that streaming deal, and you have to pay the players forty five point eight percent of the deal. Yeah, and so the deal is the cap goes up. Really, really high. So as people like to team building as a sport, and they like the nickel and diamond, we can't afford, we can't. Every team can afford to do what they want to do. It's accounting. Right now, the cap is $225 million. They thought it was going to go back to 240 41 It's going to be over $250 million a year. This year, just this year, it goes up every freaking year. So that means a club has options. You can be creative or you can be dumb. Or you can sit on that money. You can't sit on all of it, but you can sit on it. Yeah. You know, the Cowboys had money they didn't even spend last year. Of course Because they guess did. what? They, would have, they were in a position. That's why I was mad at them. That's why I'm getting worked up right now. I you had the I trade deadline, and you didn't make any moves at all. You had cap space to make moves. You had cap space to make moves. Didn't do a damn thing. So if they say they're all in, prove it. Yeah, and that's going to be an off-season Don't tell thing. me we ain't got no cash space. That got his money. Don't you tell me we ain't got no cash space because CD got his money. You can get the deal done. The cap is going up to $250 million, and it will go up even more than that the next year. Hussa. I, no, I mean, that is that is an accurate representation of, I think, a lot of folks' perspective to the Cowboys, and they're going to need to do it. Like, there's ways in which they have available to them to negotiate, and they're going to, and like, negotiate when I say, I, I don't mean, like, the actual negotiation of contracts, although they need to do that as well, but to, to you know, navigate their, rather, their way around all this, as you mentioned, there's going to be more room available to them. They're going to have to, you know, obviously rework some deals, but get some things done, and... Using at least we know utilizing the franchise tag isn't one of those. Also, today was the day where uh, teams or players rather who had contracts with void years, where those charges would end up on the cap. Couple of guys uh, for your Cowboys to uh, take note of: Tyron Smith has uh, six million dollars of dead cap money with the void year that he had, and then also Dorrance Armstrong had one point five million dollars. Avoid your uh, so th- that's some dead cap money that they're going to have to negotiate and uh, figure out how to utilize or how to work around as they worry about their cap. They're not the worst in this circumstance though. As Mike Evans, obviously they did not get anything done this today, and he he made it very clear if they didn't get a deal done prior that he was not going to return to the Buccaneers. We, he, you're going to have to see how committed he is to that. 
but he is going to provide $12 million of dead money, cap money to the Buccaneers and their uh, <laughs> their salary caps. That That's tough for them. But, no, um, Tyron Smith is essentially a free agent at this point. Cowboys- Everybody expected that, and the question is, do you want to bring him back? And I think they should. And, yeah. again, I think he wants to end his career. If he doesn't play with the Cowboys, I think he'll end his career. And the, I, well, uh, not according to uh, Calvin Watkins, Fort Worth Star Telegram. In fact, oh, he was, yeah? he was on this say? station earlier today, and he said that he talked to Tyron's agent and said Tyron's not ready to retire. And so, with that well, being, you gotta say that for sure. I guess fair enough. He, but he wants to return to the Cowboys. That's the number one thing. And again, the Cowboys know the formula now, which is don't don't have Tyron practice during during the week, and you'll probably get the best Tyron that you can get. Nobody's expecting him to play 17 games, but at the same time, you don't have to pay him big money. The agent is always going to say he's going to play because you got to leverage something. You sure. can't say you're going to pay him or he's going to retire. You got to say you're going to pay him or you're going to play somewhere else. Agents always got to say that. Fair enough. Tyron Smith, 33 years of age, played pretty well this past season. He's a future Hall of Famer. <laughs> yeah, people, people don't really like hearing that. I know. People That's really do not it. like hearing that. But, like, you know. Zach Martin, he's a future Hall of Famer. I mean, it's true, though. It's Those true, guys though. will go they into the are. Hall. They're so good. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, Tyron Smith did look like some facsimile of that good player that we've seen at the very height. Still was effective. Um, and I think, yeah, I, I, it, it seems that it would make sense, especially if you can get a deal done at a reasonable price. And you were able to figure that out this past season. But you still like, need to. Fortify that offensive line Absolutely. with some draft picks or some Absolutely. trades or some free agents or something. I think most everybody agrees with that sentiment. And so I, I think that that's, that's something that they will will get done, at least in the fortification. But we'll see how they go with Tyron Smith. According to Clarence Hill Jr., obviously a long-tenured and very good reporter on the Cowboys beat, he says that he's heard that Tyron Smith isn't, isn't thinking of retirement. Or Calvin Watkins. Or Cal- Did I say Calvin Watkins? You said Clarence Hill. God. Just like you said, Boston and no. Edmonton. I think that works. You need some chowder. Yeah, I, I need to. I thought it was. I thought it was Clarence. Am I bugging? I don't know. I'll have to double check. Very good. Um, but, but they're both solid beat. Re- they're both very good on yes. this beat. Yes, absolutely. Either one of them would be fine. And they're good friends. They are good friends. And friends of the but show. They won't be mad if you said the wrong name. Uh, they might be wrong if I said the wrong name, though. I, I think that that might be the case. That was my story. <laughs> <laughs> uh, as we mentioned, All-Star Game, uh, there was a little bit of history there. I, I don't know if it's a history that uh, everybody cares about, per se, but uh, 200 points was reached and surpassed for the first time in NBA All-Star Game history as the Eastern Conference All-Stars scored 211. They be, uh, The West had 186. It's literally... Uh, 200-plus points in a 48-minute pro basketball game, although uh, all the conversation was not about the scoring. It was about the lack of defense and the ways in which it felt like teams were not trying, really. Since I'm giving you the jokes, can I give you a Chris Farley? Please do. He had a character that summed up what everybody felt about that score. Whoop the freaking do <laughs> You're going to find, you're going to wind up in a van down by the river. Just saying. And by the way, Mavericks practice tomorrow afternoon. They're back. And look, they they do they do need that, right? They do absolutely need that level of uh practice with the new to guys. continue to get this thing together with the new guys as you mentioned, PJ Washington, um Daniel Gafford, and it'll be good if you you get to see more of 
what they want to do come together. Where you also like Derek Lively getting mm-hmm. he only just came back well end of last week. And so right. having an opportunity to now fit this in together and have a better understanding and maybe him and Daniel Gafford working together, because that's another thing yeah, that people exactly. have talked about is the ways that Daniel Gafford is, what, 25? So it's not like he's old, but he's had a few years in this league. And so yeah, he's been around the block. What kind of things can he impart? Because who who is the who is the most tenured or who is the most uh, veteran guy that Lively has played with thus far is? What maybe you could say Maxie's giving him some tips. Maybe you could say Dwight Powell. But that's I mean they they play such different good, styles of basketball. The good part is that at home, he's hearing from Tyson Chandler. That's his personal coach at yes. home. And uh, Dwight Powell's also in his ear, showing him how to play with Lucas. So and and again, I've said this a million times. People are going to read these stories. He's got Derek Lively's got a very high basketball IQ, and that's one of the reasons he's successful. It's one thing he's got bounce. One thing he's got athletic ability. But he is where he is right now because he is so damn smart. And so there you go. Um, let's see. From the 945, any reports Luca back in Dallas? You said they're they're practicing tomorrow, you said? Yeah, I didn't know if Luca was gonna be there, but they start practice tomorrow. And on, honestly, I wouldn't I wouldn't even be surprised if he didn't wasn't there because no, he no, was he was no, at All Star weekend, right? He exactly. didn't get an opportunity to get his brace, so he might take a couple of days, come back and be ready mm-hmm. Thursday night. Yep. Against the Phoenix Suns here in Dallas. And his son. His, the Suns and his son. Yeah, I guess Book. so. There Book. you go. There you go. Uh, it's the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Uh, coming up next. I see you at 479. He understands. There you Matt go. Foley. That's right. Chris Farley. There you go. Uh, coming up next, we get you a little bit of CA Stories Confidential. CA, where are we going? How about some of the greatest spring training stories you've never heard? Next Ooh. on 105.3 The Fan. Let's get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatuli here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rolling with us on this Monday evening in the Metroplex. Uh, Not much cracking, just trying to get through this Monday. President's Mm -hmm. Day uh, on the Get Right right here on 105.3 The Fan. A couple more segments to go, but of course, I'm in the studio with the one and only Chris Arnold, and so I got to make sure I get the folks and the people out there listening. A little bit of CA Stories Confidential. Appreciate you, Reg. Appreciate you, Ross. And more importantly, appreciate all the Tullos. Let me tell some of these stories from back in the day and all the way up to close to right about now. And since the Texas Rangers are back in spring training, That's everybody right. reported today, they're all in. I want to reflect on a couple of crazy stories that have happened over the years, some of the years that I've covered the Texas Rangers. I've covered, I don't know, 20-something Texas Rangers spring trainings. But more importantly, I've covered all three of their locations. They've only had three locations where they've had spring training. And I've been to all three of them. So let's go where they are now and go back. Okay, sounds good. They're in Surprise, Arizona. Correct. The thing that's fun about Surprise, Arizona, is you just never know who's going to show up to watch spring training or actually participate either with the team or on the side. Did you know? Russell Wilson was a Texas Ranger for spring training. I do recall that. So we're down there covering spring training, G-Bag Nation. Russell Wilson's down there. They're selling Russell. They fresh off the Super Bowl win. First time the Seattle Seahawks won the Super Bowl, Russell Wilson came down. He had already been, for those who don't know, he played some minor league baseball in Denver. And then he quit baseball and went back to college to play quarterback. And everybody's wondering, you know, you know, what kind of guy he is, the whole nine yards. And at spring training, you know, he was there and he was doing whatever he does because he was an infielder. But, you know, he wasn't trying to play 
baseball. Yeah. He was just there and he just like hadn't done it in a while. Let me go back and see what it's like. All the Supersonic fans, not Supersonic, all these Seahawks fans sure. showed up. They might be Supersonic fans. Yeah. Know. They were just there in Arizona. Like, it was like, wow, this is crazy. It was like more Seattle Seahawks fans than Ranger fans in the stands at that particular time. Sure. Rangers coming off a World Series a couple of times too. So it wasn't like no Ranger fans at all, but there's a whole bunch of Seahawks fans there as well. A lot of Russell Wilson fans there. Another year, Tony Romo showed up. Really? To take some infield. He was out there at spring training. It was like, what? Romo's out here too. Just low key, this out in surprise. And you'd be surprised if Will Farrell was out there one time. It was crazy. Was that the year that Will Farrell did the uh I don't know, is the documentary the right word, where he tried to play in a whole bunch of different uh, minor league games? I think games. that's what it was. Yeah. He was making the rounds. He was all over Arizona. He sure was. Well, going back to the Florida days, before they got to Surprise, they were in Port Charlotte, Florida. And I want to say in Surprise and Port Charlotte, former Ranger minor, let's see, you know how you got a chunk of the team? There was a minority owner for the Texas Rangers, who is a country music legend, Charlie Pride, yeah, would work out with the Rangers all the time. And I would catch him out there spring training. We'd talk. And, you know, RIP Charlie Pride, he passed away, I want to say it's in 2020, in November 2020. Um, but he owned a piece of the team. But before that, he was just always, he's, he's a former baseball player. And I, I don't, I want to say it was in the Negro Leagues, but he might not have been. I just know that he used to play baseball back in the day. And before he was singing and making money singing, mm-hmm. before he was kissing an angel good morning and love her like a devil when you get back home. So Charlie was a great guy. You know, every now and then he'd sing the National Anthem at Ranger games or at Maverick games. But he was also a lot of Maverick games. He and his wife had season tickets to Mavericks games. Oh, I did not realize that. Yep. So see Charlie Pride all the time. When they were in Port Charlotte, well, let me skip because I'm going to come back to Port Charlotte with a couple of really good stories. They, the first time I ever covered the Rangers was when they were in 1980. They were in Pompano Beach, Florida. That's where I met the great Eric Nadell. Mm. Eric Nadell had been, I think, doing play-by-play for the Rangers for just a couple of years. And before that, he was doing minor league hockey yeah. with the Dallas Blackhawks. I still find it incredible that he had, he wasn't calling baseball until he got to the Rangers. He yeah. hadn't called it, really. My, yeah, he always just wanted to, but he never did. He was in Dallas doing... Dallas Blackhawks and they the Blackhawks played in Fair Park. And so got to hang out with Eric in spring training in 1981. The crazy thing about it is that year, while the Rangers were playing a game against the Baltimore Orioles in the Orange Bowl, that's where the Orioles had spring training. Mm. President Reagan got shot. President Reagan got shot. Right. While in the middle of this game, they were they canceled the game, this spring training game. They canceled the game, and that's when it came out that the guy that shot Reagan was from Dallas. Did you know that? I feel John like I did, Hin- but I couldn't remember John that. Hinckley was from Dallas. Okay. And he said he had a crush on Jody Foster. It was the craziest story. <laughs> I guess I have not, like, I, I obviously know that Reagan was shot. I just did not remember all the circumstances around it like that. Okay. Yeah. Reagan got shot. Uh, he didn't die, thank goodness. But John Hinckley, the guy that shot him, he's from Dallas. He's grow. He grew up in Dallas, 
And he's out there in Washington, D.C. had a crush on Jodie Foster. She was making movies and stuff. Mm-hmm. And he said he was doing it to impress her. That's just the craziest just story. Going about it the wrong way. Yeah, of course. That's not how you do that. Years later, go to uh, Pompano Beach, Florida, covering the Rangers out there. And I used to say nothing in Pompano Beach, Florida. See, you go from Pompano. Pompano Beach, Florida was right there just north of Miami. Okay, so it's like right there, right there. You know, you had. It's like spring break. It's like just south of Daytona, mm-hmm. just north of Miami. So you had like spring break and college kids and stuff. Port Charlotte was on the west coast of Florida. And I used to say, ain't nothing here but alligators and old people. <laughs> Even the people who worked at McDonald's were 80 years old. It's like he ordered a Big Mac and the staff was 80 years old. But the two things that I really enjoyed about Port Charlotte, even though there was nothing going on in Port Charlotte. I found the best barbecue in America, and I hated to say that it was from Florida. Really? To this day, I hate to say it because Texas brisket is the best in the world. I grew up on Memphis barbecue ribs, and my daddy's family is from Kansas City, so been to Kansas City, number tied Gates barbecue. I've had barbecue all over the country. Yes, you have. And me and Arnold Payne, AP, the chief photographer, photojournalist for Channel 8, who's still there at Channel 8, we went driving around because I heard about this place in Fort Myers, Florida, which is where Deion Sanders grew up. It's called Micklebob's Barbecue. And I went down there and I said, this better be good. We're driving all the way down here to Micklebob's. It's in Fort Myers. We drove down there. little hole-in-the-wall spot. I said, uh-oh, it's legit. Hole-in-the-wall. Parking lot full of cars. I said, uh-oh, AP, this must be good. Smelled like it was good barbecue. We walked in the door. They had trophies everywhere. They had pictures of celebrities on the wall. Oh, that's always a good sign. I said, oh, boy. And I'm still arms filled. I said, this better be good. And, of course, I asked for the full plate with all the sides and everything. I yeah, you got to get the sampler. I yeah, want yeah. a sampler. Yeah. How come the ribs, the meat fell off the bones? I was like, oh, no. It was delicious. All the sides were delicious. Everything was delicious. And when we were leaving out of there, they said, you know, we'll FedEx it to you. I was like, no. Are you for real? This is in the 90s. That's, wow. They could FedEx you. They said, we FedEx the barbecue all over the world. Although I think that there's places that definitely do they that. They do it now. I mean, there's a lot of places From the 214, I ain't buying a CA. Texas got barbecue. <laughs> I'm just saying. I thought so too. So check this out. Wait, what was the name of this place one more time? Mickle Bob's. You can look it up. M I C H E L O B O B. Mickle Bob's. Okay. And it's the best barbecue in America. And I had the guy, I got his card and all that. Oh, they call it Mickle Bob's Championship Ribs and Steaks. Because they've won every championship. This this That's that's the real, that's the confidence that I want in my barbecue. I need you to talk that talk. Listen, this is how I knew they were legit. I mean, I thought it was the best, and it tasted the best, and I took some home on the plane. Of course, everybody's mad at me on the plane because everybody's eating regular plain food. And, I had and it just smells like? Smells like real barbecue, <laughs> and they couldn't have none. So I get back on my show, down the dial, back in the day. I had, uh, talking barbecue, because barbecue is sport. And so I had some of the local barbecue guys on, and then I had the Micklebobs guy on, and he had beaten them in all the competitions. Oh, goodness. And I had them on, and they weren't dogging out Mickle Bob's. They were actually giving us props. And he had not just beaten this, the Texas barbecue places. He beaten the barbecue places all over the country. And they had been in different competitions with him all over the country. 
Nickel Bob's is just the best barbecue. And I hated to say that because from damn Florida. I hated that. Okay, wait a minute. Uh, excuse me. 254 says, yeah, the guy who killed Lennon. Oh, oh yeah, this is a, oh, yeah, this is a sidebar, bar, sidebar. The guy who killed John Lennon, Mark David Chapman, he was from Fort Worth. All this stuff happened in the early 80s. So check this out. Check this out. Okay. The barbecue was unbelievable, and it was in Fort Myers, Florida. The other crazy Port Charlotte story, Ranger Spring Training, you know, they're playing all over Florida. Like right now, they're playing all over Arizona. The teams that are in Arizona, they play them in Arizona. They call them the Cactus League. The ones in Florida, they call them the Grapefruit League. So I'm out there in Florida, and guess what? The year that Michael Jordan retired to play baseball, he's in Sarasota with the White Sox. And I said, I'll just go down there and watch Michael play. So I go down there, and I, you know, in baseball, you can go down to the clubhouse before the game. And you can go to the clubhouse after the game. And in spring training, you can go to the clubhouse all the time. So, of course, he's a novelty down there because he's, he's Michael Jordan. He just won a couple of championships, and he's playing baseball because his dad passed away, and his dad always wanted him to play some baseball. Yeah, right. And the White Sox are owned by the same guy that owns the Chicago Bulls. Yeah, Jerry Reinsdorf. So he's playing for, and Reinsdorf's keeping him happy because he's like, maybe he'll come back. Right, which, as we know, ultimately. He wound up doing it. There you Took go. Took him two years, but he came back. I'm down there, and I'm like, okay, so Michael knows me by Chris, that, that guy from Dallas. I'm Chris from Dallas. because I covered all of his stuff, and he's been down here a number of times. Sure. And I, like I said, lots of stories with Michael. This is one of them. I'm down there. He's trying to play baseball. I go in the clubhouse. And there he is playing cards. And he looked up and he goes, what the F are you doing down here? And just started laughing. That's I funny. said, man, because you down here. I'm down here because you down here. I said, how's it going? He goes, man, I'm just down here working my way through it, you know. And, you know, so we talking and BS and stuff. And then he gave me a T-shirt. He gave me, and I swear to God, I got this T-shirt to this day. Oh, really? It is a limited edition Michael Jordan T-shirt of him playing baseball. It's a, it's an Air Jordan T-shirt. It's the Air Jordan. It's a white T-shirt. Yeah. A red Air Jordan logo. Sure, the Jump Man. The Jump Man, and you got a baseball diamond all around. Ah, very nice. So I got that T-shirt. He just gave it to me. So he pulled out his locker. Hey, you take that, man. I watched him play. The problem for him, he's too tall. His uh, strikeout zone was too, yeah. too large. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, he wasn't like he was terrible. He just wasn't a superstar at it. And I will say that people know the story by now. Uh, he wound up playing for the Birmingham Barons. He bought them their own team bus because, you know, he's Michael Jordan. Wow. Yeah. Ride around in the raggedy bus. No, so they he had can't a real do good that. bus. But because he wasn't like, you know, putting up epic numbers and was a, I mean, he was decent. And it wasn't like he was going to automatically go to the big leagues. And by then, I want to say he was in his early 30s or late 20s. It just wasn't going to happen. But still, it was. I was there for him for spring training, coming to Rangers. And one other little story I'll never forget in Port Charlotte. Nolan Ryan was down there. Nolan was great. And this old lady got Nolan always signing stuff. He was always real good coming out of the clubhouse and signing stuff. He signed this lady's baseball. There is a former TV broadcaster in Dallas. 
who's not here anymore. He didn't retire. He's just not here anymore. Okay. This old lady, and he's doing a story. And I was down there, you know, and I was watching this, and everybody was mad about this. The old lady shows him her autographed baseball from Nolan Ryan. He goes, yeah. And then he signed the other side why, of it. Why would you do that? Why, why would you do that? The ego. Everybody was mad. And the lady, she didn't know who he was, just that he was some TV guy. And everybody's like, the ego. I'll never forget that as long as I live. That's why I could not imagine. I I'm honestly until it happened, nobody could believe it. The totals are great, and mm-hmm. there's a couple of them that have like asked me to sign things, and I'm like, I don't know why you're doing this. I'm not. I can't imagine the audacity. The audacity. The temerity. The temerity. The unmitigated goal. Yes. Sorry. Sorry, All of bad. those things. Yeah. So anyway, there's some surprise stories, some poor Charlotte stories, and some uh, Pompano Beach stories, Texas Ranger Spring Train. There you go. Oh, the- I got to say one more. Please do. Let me throw in one more. Yes, sir. I also got cussed out by my boss at K104. The only time I ever got cussed out covering something. I'm down there in Port Charlotte, and it, when I got there, it was pouring rain. I got there like on a Sunday, and my first report and stuff was Monday. It's pouring rain. They didn't have workout schedule. Right. It's pouring rain. Sure. I couldn't find anybody to even interview because it's pouring rain. And this was their new location. It was the first year they were there. It was a completely different setup. It wasn't like the players were in a hotel somewhere. Right. So I said, okay, on the sports, I'm just going to talk about the NCAA tournament. Uh-oh. They Boss was like, called we, me We up. sent you out for a this, reason, baby. This, thank you. Listen up. For anybody young in journalism, he called me up. after. I mean, I did a great job with the NCAA tournament and talking about anything that was going on in Texas. He said, where are you? I said, poor Charlotte. He said, why the F are you on the radio? If And he cussed me out. We paid for you to be there. I said, but it's raining. He said, well, you better ca- talk about the damn rain. You better <laughs> talk about the local people. You better interview somebody local who's used to the rain. And I'll rain. I was like, and they're glad the Rangers are there. He said, I'll never send you anywhere again. if you." I'm like, and I had already covered big things for him for yeah, years. Yeah. I learned a lesson. You better give him some stuff. And I gave so never, never, ever, ever, ever slept on it. There you go. And see, and I thought I was doing a good job giving the other stuff. Yeah, I, I mean that's 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 the thing is sometimes thinking thinking uh, when you're not supposed to think in a way does not necessarily uh, benefit you, unfortunately. But CA always giving us the goods. NCA stories confidential. There you go. We that's appreciate you. Yes, sir. It's the get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Coming up next, time for the final call. We'll do it next on the fan. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. So get right right here on 105.3 The Fan. Reginald Datatula here with you alongside the three-time Hall of Famer Chris Arnold. Got you down. Thanks for rolling with us here on a President's Day Monday uh, evening on the Get Right. And on 105.3 The Fan, you're home of the Dallas Cowboys and World Series champion, Texas Rangers. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tomorrow... 
We got a little Rangers hot stove. The last one that'll happen from locally in our uh, DNM leasing hotline studio, or D, not D, <laughs> in our uh, some chowder. In our yeah, uh, boy, it's been a day for me personally. You've been fantastic today, Mm-mm. Ross. Great job. I, I I'll, I'll do better tomorrow. Where it's a three-hour show because we're lending an hour to Jared Sandler for Rangers Hot Stove. Right here in the studio. Right here in the studio. However, he is going to get himself on a plane and fly to Surprise, Arizona because spring training in full effect. Mm-hmm. And we got to get our guy, uh, pre and post game host right here on the fan for your Rangers. And then also he will be a, uh, a fill-in TV uh, play-by-play man as well man. this year. He's in so, the rotation. Jared Sandler. That's right. And Mike Bassick, a... I mean, he is going to be a full-fledged uh, TV analyst for your Texas Rangers this season. All things, also everybody comes up here on the Get Right and here on 105 through the fan and with your World Series champion, Texas Rangers. But right now, top for the final call here on the Get Right. Um, let's also talk about this. This is a thing that has been you know, making the rounds today as Jimmy Johnson now in the ring of honor. And he did, and he was a, apparently appeared on 560 WQAM in Miami, sister station in Miami. Yeah, the Joe Rose Show. Yes, the Joe Rose Show. And we're seeing this from quite a few places. Nationally. Although, I'm going to be completely honest, I have not been able to track down the audio. Though, to be fair, I, the show, the, the Joe Rose Show didn't post audio from their show today. So, I don't know. I don't know what happened there. Um, but supposedly today, Jimmy Johnson was on the, uh, on the Joe Rose Show. And was talking about how him and Jerry Jones are they're they're good. They're, yeah, the headlines nationally said Jimmy Johnson says I'm back in the fold with the Cowboys. Yes, uh, he went and this is a direct quote that uh, I know CBS Sports, SI, a lot of different places have um, talking about um, his relationship at this point. He said since the Ring of Honor, I am on his advisory board now. Speaking of Jerry Jones, obviously, he said we were talking on the phone. I talked to him about an hour after his Green Bay loss, and he was talking about what all he needed to do because he had a big decision on Mike McCarthy and Dan Quinn and Dak Prescott. Everything is hunky-dory now. I am back in the fold with the Cowboys, close quote. And he even said, it's funny because every time I'm with Jerry, even here for the last hour or so, we tell stories back and forth and laugh and cut up. And kind of like Terry Bradshaw said when he saw us together, the whole thing he said, well, you two guys are together. It's like a couple of brothers, you know, laughing, cutting up, and telling stories. So he's got that relationship. I will say this about Jerry Jones and why I think this is very much possible. It doesn't mean that Jerry, Jimmy's coming out of retirement. He's going to coach the Cowboys. He's too old. He's in his 80s. He yeah. said, I can't be that guy again. I do know that one of these uh, articles kind of framed it as, Jimmy hired to advisory board, and it's like I, I we might be being being real liberal with the the meaning of hired there. I think yeah, he's, he's just like, hired. hey man, he's I'm not on the payroll because I mean that would mean Michael Irvin was hired to an advisor. I feel like Jerry just talks to folks. What he does, he talks to folks and he listens. And back in the day, he used to call it his kitchen cabinet. He used to talk about how he talked to various people around the NFL because people used to say Jerry doesn't know what he's doing. He's just making these crazy decisions. He goes, I listen to a lot of people. I take, I get a lot of input from a lot of people. So basically, what Jimmy's saying today via the Joe Rose Show on WQAM 560 in Miami. By the way, tomorrow night, maybe we'll have that audio if it's, if it's uh, viable to you. Yeah, we'll, I'll have to check out for sure. But the bottom line is, he said he's talking to Jerry on the regular and advising him. Which, I mean, if that's true, I don't know that that is the worst thing in the world. It's the, probably the smartest thing that can happen. Because one thing about it, those two together created 
the Cowboys dynasty following the, the Tom Landry years. The, the Texan Tom and Gilbrandt years, that thing was kind of slowing down in the late 80s. And then Jerry and Jimmy together created what you've got now. And ever since Jimmy hadn't had his fingerprints on it, it's kind of rocking over here, rocking over there. Yeah. And hadn't hit, hit the promised land. Um, I know that uh, Broadus was letting us know that, you know, Broadus is real connected around the league, and particularly yes, in that in that building at the star in mm-hmm. Frisco. And at least when it came to like the very specific wording of hired to an advisory board, uh, folks around the Cowboys have not heard of that in particular. Yeah, now, that doesn't mean that it's not the case, but yeah, I think the word hired might be you the know, thing You know, sometimes media people run up. with words. Like, sure. It's kind of like, you know how they say rumors start and they, they, by the time it works its way around, you know, boom. The word hired is just way too damn strong. Right. When he says he's on his advisory council, that does not mean he's getting paid. And his advisory council, like I said, Jerry listens to a lot of people. Yes, it's just, it's just his friends that he talks to, right? I think a lot of people might have someone that they, you know, call up and just like, hey, you know, what do you think about he this? He stuff yeah, off of exactly. It. And that's a good thing. Here's the other thing about it. It also shows you how Jimmy was on the outside looking in for years and years and years. That's how Frosty relationship used to be. So it's good that they're actually talking football. So there you go. Um, that's that's a thing that's been floating around today. I know that uh, that came up earlier today. And so just wanted to give a little update as to where we stand on that. Um, obviously today, Daytona 500 ran today as opposed to yesterday due mm-hmm. to rain. Will Byron, uh, yeah, William Byron wins that one after the big one actually comes very late in the race. It added a lot of drama to it. And so NASCAR off and running for the 2024 season. Also, your Dallas Stars uh, fall in a shootout versus the Boston Bruins at TD Garden. Um, so there you go. They will be mm-hmm. back in action, if I remember correctly. Uh, they'll be back in action tomorrow against the New York Rangers. So there you go. Um, and... Before we go, J.J. Reddick had a fun piece of audio about All-Star Week. I know that you work in the NBA in a way, C.A., so I want to get your opinion on what J.J. thinks about the NBA and maybe their timeliness. Why can't we start anything on time in the NBA? Why can't we? Why can't we? I'm going to sound like an old person here, but if if it says 8 o'clock, I don't want it, I don't want it to tip off at 8.42. All right? If I've already told my kids... They can watch the first quarter. It's a Sunday night. Guess what? They've stayed up late like four straight nights because nothing starts on time in the NBA. And it's driving me crazy. And I work for a broadcast partner. Can we please just start things on time in the NBA? It's out of control. It's absolutely out of control. He's got a point on those <laughs> national broadcasts, yes. especially the double headers. Yes. And by the way, he's moved up to the new booth. He's replacing Doc Rivers for that. Yes, he is. Yeah, he will. He will be now man. on the the A team that will call the finals, um, the mm-hmm. NBA finals this year. Here's what's, what's crazy. Guess, every year, I guess. It's usually the second game of these double headers because you don't know when the first one's going to end. Right. But as far as the All Star game itself, I'm with him. I was like, this game was supposed to start a long time ago. It said eight. In and fact, it even TNT eight forty two was making fun of it with the little texts and tweets and posts from the fans that were, you know, the yeah. memes. It was hilarious. I mean, like, this game hasn't started yet and stuff like that. And they were laughing about it because that's a fact. I told you the only time it legitimately did not start on time because the buses got stuck in traffic yes. was in Las Vegas. Yeah. But I, I feel like that's always a funny thing in sports that, I'm not going to lie, annoys me a little bit. It's like, all right, well, you know, the, it's, 
It's going to be at 7 o'clock, but really, and baseball is better about this because at least they let you know when first pitch is going to be. 7.07. 7.07, and down to the minute, and they will. They, that is when first pitch will happen. Uh-huh. And they're like kickoff at seven thirty, and then they, you know sometimes you get kickoff at like seven. Depends on how long the singer sings the national. But anthem. the NBA might be the worst about it. It's like they'll give you a good fifteen minutes. But regardless, uh, that's all we got. But, but I kid you not. On home games, regular, it's a clock. It hits on time, seven thirty-five. Okay, very good. Well, uh, we will catch you tomorrow at eight p.m. after Rangers hot stove. Make sure y'all keep it locked on one hundred five through the fan. Uh, but until then, y'all be easy.